Well, welcome home and welcome to the Mount Carmel Ministries podcast. Today we'll be hearing from Dave Wallen speaking on Jesus calming the storm. With our text for tonight, and uh, as I read from Mark chapter 4, I guess I would just invite you to, uh, speaking of these paintings up here, focus on the first one over here, the storm, because our reading comes from Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him uh, with, with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was asleep in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we are talking about fear today. It's the, the theme for today. The kids have been doing kids' activities oriented around it. We even heard a little bit about fear this morning from Nathan as he talked about uh, uh, hope and its relationship to fear. So I thought we'd start with maybe just on a lighter note, some more interesting fears that people have, and we'll see if I can pronounce these. Uh, uh, Dipnophobia. Some of you may have this. That is the fear of dinner parties. (laughs) Who knew? Allodoxophobia. We have, a lot of people have these, these today. It's the fear of opinions. I'm afraid of your opinion. This one's interesting. Uh, genophobia. It's the fear of knees. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Octophobia. Anyone going to guess? The figure eight. Yeah, a figure eight. I don't know who that scares. Now, this one is a mouthful. Um, hexa. Cosio hexaconta hexaphobia. I heard it. Yeah, the fear of the number 666. Uh, I have this one. Uh, Coolrophobia. The fear of clowns. Anyone with me on that? Um, Sinistrophobia. Sinistrophobia. The fear of uh, left hand, left side, or left-handed things or people. Basically, me. Um, uh, Pophyrophobia. I put this one in there just for our Packer fans. Pophyrophobia. The fear of purple. And for good reason. <laughs> I could just stop the sermon right there, I think. All right, Nathan, you should get this one. Uh, euphobia. Euphobia. Good news. The fear of good news. Nathan was talking about the uh, eulogia, the good, good word this morning. 
Uh, <clears throat> good. Uh, those are my fears. One more I'll share with you. Uh, one of the fear features of the people of Israel and Judea was uh, aquaphobia, the fear of water, which is interesting because, you know, they're so close to the Mediterranean Sea, Sea of Galilee's right there, but the people of Israel, uh, they just did not like water. Uh, it, it made them nervous. It's chaotic. It's unpredictable. I mean, look at that, that picture. They just they wanted nothing to do with it. It just made them uh, uneasy. And it's interesting how many times God uses water. I mean, think about it in the Old Testament there. You know, it's hovering over the, 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 the water, the abyss. Uh, you've got him parting the Red Sea, water from a rock. Um, I mean, you know, countless uh, J- uh, with Joseph stopping the, the, the river Jordan there. So many times he's messing with them when it comes to water, and they're like, whoa, this must be God because he can make the unpredictable, chaotic sea obey him. That's crazy, you know. He talks to, to Job out of the whirlwind. And so uh, they were just, they didn't want anything to do with water. And so here, of course, we find our uh, disciples in a boat on the water, and the water does what water does. It gets crazy. Um, the Sea of Galilee was known for just these unpredictable and sudden storms. And they're caught in one out in the middle, in the middle of the night, and it's, and it's getting really bad. It's so fierce that even the fishermen are afraid. I think they'd be used to this, but even they are afraid to the point where they say, we got to wake up Jesus. By the way, how does he sleep through this? But we got to wake up Jesus, right? And their, their cry to Jesus, it's kind of an accusation. I mean, did you hear that? Don't you even care? Don't you even care that we're, you know, about to die out here, that the water's crazy? How can you sleep through this? I thought you liked us, Jesus. I thought you gathered us for a reason. Don't you care that this is happening? And it's probably no coincidence that Jesus wakes up a little irritated. I mean, I probably would too. A little irritated at their accusation. A little irritated at this storm, which was probably making the sleep a little restless in the first place. And I think a little irritated at their fear. And so he first addresses the storm. And he gets up, and and I love it, he rebukes the storm. I mean, Jesus throughout the Gospel of Mark is just rebuking everything. I mean, he's like a rebuker. He's like, the sicknesses, he rebukes them. The the demons, he rebukes them. He even rebukes this storm. And the storm is like, whoa, sorry, you know. And it it, it calms down. uh, What he says there, peace, be still. It it actually could better be translated like, muzzle it. Put a muzzle on it. Be quiet, you know, to the storm. I mean, this is how I uh, respond to my kids when they wake me up too. You know, muzzle it. You know, and then he turns to his disciples, and you can kind of hear uh, a little bit of the irritation in his voice. What are you afraid of? Why are you so scared? Have you still so little faith? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Figure eights, clowns, purple something more serious? What storms 
are raging in your life? What waves are buffeting against you, causing you to fear? We experienced uh, one of maybe the worst fears that a parent has uh, recently when one of your kids is in trouble. I asked him if I could share the story. Um, It was, I think, the 16th of, no, when was it? It was Father's Day? Oh, yeah, it was Father's Day. That's the 16th of June. And um, that night, we got this weird message from our son, Josiah. Josiah had been studying abroad since February in Taiwan, having a great time. Um, he met, like, some of the relatives that I've only met when I was two. And uh, I don't, my Josiah is taller than I am, and so he just towered over these little Asian ladies. I mean, it's just, it's almost comical, some of the pictures. But it was a great time. He, he took advantage of being over there. He was traveling all over the place. South Korea, Hong Kong, Malaysia. Tried to go to Vietnam, found out you need a visa, right? Um, did, what else did I miss? A lot, yeah. And then maybe one trip too many. He went to Manila in the Philippines. Was having a great time. Uh, but it was on Father's Day, Sunday night, that we got a, a message from him that he had been robbed, drugged and robbed. And, 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 you know, the communication wasn't very good, and so we're just like, what? No. Oh, my goodness, what do we do, you know? And, and it's not like Manila is, you know, a short drive or flight away. This is a 24-hour flight. What do, I mean, what, how do we help him? We, we weren't getting much information, and, and it's like, okay, um, let's, okay, we can, first we'll get you some money, you know. We'll get you some money, so we figured out how to do Western Union, got him some money, and, uh, you know, uh, when, when, you're, when you're scared, you react in different ways. And so Andre and I were both reacting in different ways. I'm like, okay, let's see, you know, let's get to Western Union, and then start checking off lists, and Andrea starts Googling Villa, which was never a good idea because all these horror stories started popping up, and that just increased our fear of what could happen. And and uh, and we're just like, you know, I mean, I think she was up, she got like two hours of sleep that night, maybe, if anything. And, and we're just scared because it's like, how do we help our son? And you feel helpless because he was cut off out on the other side of the world. And he was scared, you know. If you know uh, my son, he's, you know, he's kind of stoic. I mean, he's not... You know, and he, but he was just emotional as this drug was just messing with his system. And we're like, you know, he was, we weren't able to hug him or do anything or like trying to reassure him. And so uh, we send him some money and um, uh, hear back later that he got the money. And because he was so messed up with his drug, he spent the money. But he doesn't remember doing that. But the, when we talked to him, finally, a couple, you know, a couple of days later, it's like, I think I bought this water bottle, you know. <laughs> and there's pictures that appeared on my, his old phone and stuff. And so he had, you know, these weird things, but he didn't remember any of this. Because he was just, uh, you know, it was just, uh, this drug was just messing with him. Well, we're still trying to, you know, get him back to Taiwan, get him back to safety. And um, so on, uh, it was a uh, morning, he had a 745 flight. And, of course, he didn't have any money, so he didn't have any money for the taxi. So he's running to the airport, loses one of his flip-flops. So he's running with one flip-flop to the airport in, like, what was like 100-something degrees and just absolutely humid. And uh, he's got this drug in his system, and he's got his luggage with him, and he's trying to run to the airport to make this flight. And uh, um, I think you, you said you, 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 
you know, I have two pesos, but he jumped into a, a taxi. He's like, this is all I have, you know, but I need to get to the airport. Well, they, they took him uh, quite a ways out of the goodness of their heart. And then on the second taxi he took, uh, someone paid for him. And, but he got to the airport and he missed his flight. And so we're just, again, you know, he's just distraught. We're feeling absolutely helpless and just, you know, afraid for our kid in this, you know, crazy land. We're like, just don't trust anybody, you know, just don't, you know, and, and what can we do? Maybe you've had experiences like that where you just feel helpless, where you just, you know, your, your options are so limited. Maybe uh, you, you, you're, maybe you're struggling with addictions or uh, uh, health issues or an uncertain future. Maybe you, you're, you're, you're still, you're grappling with grief or depression and anxiety. And that question that Jesus asked kind of rings out. What are you afraid of? Why are you so afraid? And that was the question, I guess, you know, that's something we wrestled with when, when he was over there. It's like, what do we do? And at, at some point, we just kind of said, you know, man, we have to just trust. We just have to let go and give him, give him to God right now and pray that he's okay. And I think that's what the Lord wants from us. I've been reading this great book um, by a guy named Wade Johnson. It's uh, a, a devotion on the Gospel of Mark. And it's called A Path Strewn with Sinners. And it just recounts Jesus' uh, march to the cross in, on a path strewn with sinners. I love just even the name. But as he talks about this episode, he reminds us. He says, he who sleeps is he who reigns from all eternity. He who takes his pillow and rests in the stern is he who sees all, knows all, possesses all power, and uses all power to save. He is true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and true man, born of the Virgin Mary. He is weak to take our place. He is strong to save. Jesus came to save. He had to die on a cross. There's no way he was going to drown at the bottom of a sea. With him, the disciples were safe. They didn't need to wake him. It was enough that he was in the boat. It was enough that he was with them. That's all they needed. So when we, when we let Josiah go, we said, Lord, you, you need to take care of him. It was amazing to hear what God did. He gets to the airport. He's, he's missed his flight. He's uh, distraught. And these wonderful young women at the ticket counter took him in. And they said, uh, you know, we have break in like uh, an hour or two. Meet us here. We'll take care of you. Of course, part of me is like, don't trust them, Josiah, you know. But they bought him shoes, which finding size like, like 13 and a half flip-flops in, in Manila is no easy task. They bought him McDonald's. They walked him to his terminal. They befriended him on Facebook so they could message him to see if he was okay, if he got on his flight, and then followed up on, 
with him. Um, he posted the picture of these wonderful... They, they were Christians. They loved the Lord, and, and they served our son. Um, what were we afraid of? God took care of him. It was, it was glorious. We do not uh, fail. You know, the disciples were... were uh, I mean, I, I, I like to think that, that one of them could have stood up and said, Peace, be still. And that sea would have, would have just been silent. But the story doesn't end there. Um, you know, they feared the waves, but it turns out maybe there was something else they should fear. The, the, the story goes on. They were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obeys him? What's greater than the fear of waves? The fear of the Lord. And storms are chaotic, unpredictable, and fierce, but normal. They happen. But a Messiah that can create peace with a word? They've never seen that before. Someone that even the winds and the waves obey. And if he can rebuke and muzzle a storm, what did he do to irritable, stiff-necked sinners like those disciples, like you and I? It turns out that he would save them and that he saves us, not just from the storm on the sea, but from the storm of their own sin. So if the Lord is for us, can be against us. And if we need not fear the Lord, what shall we fear? And so listen to the Lord's promise from my favorite verse, Isaiah 43. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, and I love just putting your own name in there. He who created you, he who formed you, fear not, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Listen to this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. The flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, people in exchange for your life, Specifically, one, Jesus. Fear not, for I am with you. Last thing, you know, when you have kids, you uh, you, you always run into you know that stage of life where they're afraid, afraid of the dark, afraid of a monster under the bed, afraid of what could happen, and 
uh, for, you know, a lot of times we're like, oh, there's nothing to be afraid of, you know, it's, there's no such thing, and, and the more I'm in this world, I'm like, well, there is such things as, as evil in the world, as brokenness and sin, and so I, I stopped telling my kids, nothing to be afraid of, no, nothing to worry about. Instead, I taught them that uh, God is greater, and uh, the resource that I've loved to use with my kids, um, and I was going to have Lydia help me, but she's out there. But um, when they when they when they get to this stage, uh, we've got these little uh, prayer Lutheran prayer books at our church, and one of the last pages is Luther's Evening Prayer, and I love it as a resource for the scared kids. And so Lydia and I started praying that before bed every night. She learned it in like four days. It took me about a, three months to memorize it. But um, uh, I thought maybe we could pray it as a closing um, tonight if I can remember it without my assistant. But let's pray. My Heavenly Father, I thank you, we thank you, through Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, that you have protected us by your grace. Forgive, we pray, all of our sins and the evil that we have done. Protect us by your grace tonight. We put ourselves into your care, body and soul, and all that we have. Let your holy angels be with us, so that the evil enemy not have any power over.